Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Welcome, friends, to the Totally Transformed podcast. Uh, That's Psalm 127, 1 and 2, right there that I just read. And it really frames what we'd like to talk about today, which is how to build a house. Now, we're not going to, you know, this isn't going to be an HGTV episode where we (laughs) roll out the the plans and actually build a ground up structure or tell you how to do that. But we do want to talk about building our house in the Lord and our spiritual house and what that looks like and, and what we need to do to lay the right foundations, not, uh, not forgetting that the very first thing that we need to do is make sure the Lord is the one that's building it to begin with as Proverbs one twenty seven one and two says. So welcome. Hey mom, how are you today? I'm doing really well. Good, good. I'm Lance Borden, if you've never listened before. And this is my mom, Dr. Connie Borden, uh, Christian psychologist and author of Saved But Not Free. And so, you know, we've talked for the last couple podcasts about um, America, about our nation, about our culture. If you didn't get a chance to listen to those podcasts, uh, those were some good ones um, about the righteous ruling and some notes from Ben Carson's uh, presentation that we got to hear. Um, but again, today we want to talk about building our house. Now we have all kinds of different houses, mom. We've got, um, we've got the house of our personal lives, which probably should be the one that we start with. We've got the house of our marriage. If we're married, if we're, uh, if we have a, a husband or wife, um, that we're married to, we've got the house of our family in general, like our children included in that. Uh, we've got houses related to our businesses that we might be building. So, um, house I'll just, of the culture, a house of our culture that we contribute to. As we've been talking about, yeah, our nation is a house that's, uh-huh. that has been built and that we're now, uh, maintaining, if you will, um, maybe relaying some foundations or hoping to relay some foundations that have maybe crumbled or been cracked by things that have happened and gone on. So, um, what are your thoughts to, to put you on the spot right here at the beginning of, you know, how do we do that? How do we build a house? Well, the one thing I like about the verses that you started with in Psalm 127 and the word of God in general, it often analogizes, um, those more difficult things to understand, like building our marital house or building our individual house from the inside out with a physical analogy. And, you know, most people have built or watched a house built or a building of some sort. You and dad have been in the building business, dad now for a generation, and you now in um, working with him and also what you do with your company. Um, And so I like that analogy because when you can see it in the physical, you can understand it in the emotional, the psychological, the spiritual. So I like how that starts out because, as you said, if a foundation is not strong, you know, usually that's poured with cement, um, and sometimes it has a garage or a basement underneath, usually a basement, sometimes not, it's just on a slab. 
But if it's not strong, and if it's cracked or something like that, that house and that foundation will start to show cracks in the corners of the walls inside, reflecting that that foundation was not was uh, laid or poured on soil or shifting sand, as the word kind of says. Don't build your life on shifting sand, right? Yeah, here in Texas, uh, even if you think you're building on solid ground, right. it often can move. We are notorious here in this area of the country for foundation problems, yeah. which usually comes from the ground moving uh-huh. beneath the foundation. And there's a spiritual application there too, right? Yeah, where right. Where is your house and what is it? what does it continue to be built on almost in a dynamic way? Yeah. Right. Even even after it's built, even if you thought you laid it on a solid foundation, you know, making sure that that foundation remains solid has everything to do with being before the Lord and making sure that you're hearing from him ongoing. Right. And not just living off of the word he spoke last week or last year or 10 years ago. Or when you got saved, maybe. Right. I was uh, thinking of two examples of as your dad being a builder, because we were in Tulsa this weekend where he started the building business and he was telling me in this one house we pulled up that when he tried to pour the foundation he hit a big boulder and it was a real problem because it was really big you never know what's going to be down underneath there and we were talking about the boulders of our lives the sins of our lives how that can delay you stop you if you don't uh, get rid of that boulder, you had to f- totally get rid of it. And then in another house here in Texas, when he built a garage underneath the house, he had to go really, really down deeply, cost a lot of money to build that garage underneath. And uh, we were thinking about sometimes the cost it takes if you want to really s- sell out to Christ, if you want to totally be surrendered as they were talking at a seminar I was at from Flashpoint this weekend, um, that that's where your foundations desire to be built in Christ. That's where, as you're saying, you seek him not just once in a while, but on a daily basis so he can pour into you and become transformed into his image according to Romans 12 too. So if you have a faulty beginning, or another thing we stand for, if you've been wounded, abused, uh, in your childhood, in your growing up, if your foundations were not built well by your parents, like you said, you have, we have a, a house of a family, then that could leave holes and wounds in your heart and soul for all your life until that rejection and hurt is healed, which is what my book, Save But Not Free, is about, and many of these podcasts and radio shows that people can listen to anytime they want to. Yeah, no, that's that's good. You know, I think the first thing we need to do in the building of anything is invite the Lord in to it and make sure that he's leading and guiding us in the construction process. Um, You know, we can, I think, go off in a direction lots of times as humans, as people, um, and just intellectually make decisions and decide on courses of action based on pros and cons and what looks good on the surface when in fact, to your point, there may be things beneath the surface that we don't know about. And so inviting the Lord in, taking the time to intentionally seek him at the start of anything, uh, of any project, I think is, is really, really so important. And the benefit 
and, and a great benefit to us to take that time and have that discipline to do that. Uh, Julie and I were recently, my wife, uh, making a big decision. And one thing that we like to do that, frankly, I learned from you and dad is to really seek the Lord for confirmations about what we're looking at doing. You know, lots of times there's a decision. And in this particular case, it was a decision related to our kids' education. And there were two good options, right? And when there's two good options, quote unquote, good options, it's kind of hard. You can be torn, you know, like, well, but if I go this way, there's all these benefits and, but potential negatives. And if I go this other way, there's all these benefits and potential negatives, which one is the right way. And moreover, are there any pitfalls that might be out there that we have no idea and we can't even evaluate right now because we don't, because of the unknown. Right. And so, you know, Gideon is a great example in the Bible of seeking the Lord for confirmation, right? When he was, when the Lord spoke to him and told him to, um, go to battle, I believe it was Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. with the fleece. Um, he asked the Lord, for not one sign, but two signs to confirm what the Lord was telling him because it was hard for him to believe that God was telling him what he was telling him to do. Yeah. And as we know, it, he put the, the lamb's wool out on the ground and asked the Lord um, to make the uh, ground dry and the lamb's wool wet overnight. And God did that. And, but that still wasn't enough. He wanted another sign. So he asked the Lord to make the ground wet and the lamb's wool dry. And um, the Lord was kind enough to do both of those for him to show him that it was him speaking. And, you know, the fact of the matter is God is an invisible God. We don't see him with our physical eyes. So asking him for a physical um, confirmation of what we feel like he's leading us to do in our spirits, along with having peace, that's another important umpire, Mm -hmm. is peace in a decision, um, are, are really... Um, resources that I would, I've experienced have been very helpful in my walk with the Lord to seek him for. And he is faithful to provide those. And yet it's not always in my timing, right? We got to wait on him. Right. And the Lord was so faithful in this decision I was talking about to bring those confirmations to Julie, uh, to bring those confirmations to us together to help us in our decision. Well, you mentioned uh, Proverbs 3, 4 through 6 the other day. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And I think that if we believe the word, and sometimes we have to meditate on it, memorize it to believe it, you can know it, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's a scripture that we have known in our family for a long, long time. And you either believe that, or if you don't believe it, I would exhort those of you that are listening to us to memorize it because I believe God honors his word because he is the word. John 1, 1 uh, through 14, he became flesh and dwelt among us. And sometimes, um, you know, it says in James 1, ask, but ask without doubting. And so sometimes we have to pray and say, Lord, help, we believe, help our unbelief, help us not to doubt, because as you said, we're dealing with an invisible God by the spirit Uh, rather than a physical building that we can see and trying to build in the spiritual realm. So he is very patient, merciful, kind. And like you said, you can take your time. Um, You know, I would have despaired if I did not believe uh, 
that I would see the hand of the Lord in the land of the living, wait for and expect the Lord. I believe that's Psalm 37 at the end. So when we do wait on him, he is faithful and just to uh, be merciful and to understand we're mere flesh like Gideon. Uh, You know, we are still writing the Bible um, in the sense that the acts of the church are being written. We're writing, as it were, Acts 3. Uh, we are the prophets and apostles, and I'm not trying to exalt ourselves, but we are the hands and feet extended of doing the work of the kingdom. And so we need these confirmations. We need, first of all, to say, um, I'm a little bit concerned about salvation. It was talked a little bit about this weekend, and I'll talk a little bit more about it in a minute, maybe, that maybe we go through the steps of salvation too brief, too cursory, and we um, think we accept him for salvation, but we don't accept him as Lord and Savior, that we want to submit to his will. And we don't make every decision that's major, or maybe every decision, I don't know, uh, as a, you know, outworking of first following the word. I mean, there's some things you know you don't do. You don't commit adultery. You don't have to ask about that, okay? Um, But in these decisions that we're talking about, as far as God's direction, just like you were saying earlier, when you build a house, you have a blueprint. Mm -hmm. And you follow that blueprint. If you don't have a blueprint, that house is going to look really dilapidated and crooked and, and will be really an eyesore if it'll even stand. So God wants to provide us a blueprint, particularly if we say to him, I don't know what I'm doing exactly, but I know if I do your will, that will bring happiness and peace. And I will have a purpose because when you formed me in my mother's womb, you gave me all, you gave us all a destiny and a purpose for kingdom building. And therefore, if I believe that and I ask him for that and not just go on my own way, um, and a lot of people do, even though they've repeated a salvation prayer, they get all caught up in their own intellect or their own ability of independence to be able to be famous or whatever it is. Um, And that's a problem because those things can be idols. You know, God loves all that. He loves you to be educated. He loves you to have resources. He loves you to have fame and position. But he also says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be, and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Seek ye first. There's yeah. a first step, right? Yeah. And I've often, well, I mean, in my experience and I've, what I've found in my life, and that's really my life first, Matthew six thirty three, that you just uh, talked about. Uh-huh. In my experience, if I will put God first, whether that be in tithing and finances, or if I put him first in seeking him, you know, spending time with him, he has grace for the rest of it that follows. Exactly. And he puts things together. Mm-hmm. To the point where I think it relieves us lots of times of the stress that we might naturally want to take on in order to plan for or create success on our own. Right. And that doesn't, it certainly doesn't absolve us from being responsible and being good planners, which is always my challenge. I'm the, I'm, that is not my natural bent. Um, I'm an achiever, but sometimes I have to be corrected on am I spending enough time in the planning stages? And yet there's grace, I think, in the Lord's economy that if you're putting him first, again, Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. There's an element in there of the Lord taking care of it. Mm-hmm. Even if we miss it or if we're imperfect in our 
assessment of the upcoming situation or our life decisions and what they might lead to. You right. Know, there's a grace on it. You know, I remember, put him first. I remember Joyce Meyer had a sermon and she goes, people say, why God, why, when God, when, where God, where? And she said, look, don't worry about missing God. He will find you. Uh, if your heart is turned toward him, because God, man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart. And to your point, I think that we get um, frustrated or anxious that we're going to miss God. I think the real key, uh, again, I'll bring up this um, seminar this weekend. You can get it at Victory on Victory. Um, and it was the Flashpoint uh, meeting on Thursday night. I think it would be inspiring to anybody that watched it because there was an altar call, and most of the people there, I'm going to assume, claimed to be Christians or had a Christian experience for this particular, uh, basically, prayer meeting, praying for the country and revival. And uh, the altars were just full because Mario Murillo was talking about, do you have your identity in Christ? Is he first, as we're talking about? And I think lots of times we get busy and we maybe have known him at one point, but things get in the way. And so I would make that appeal to you. He asked the question, do you really know you're, you're going to heaven? And he gave an example of uh, a prominent man in the ministry. He didn't mention a name, of course, but he said he felt directed to say, do you know, you're, whether you're, do you know if you're not going to hell? And the guy said, well, I don't believe there's a hell, which identified him as really not understanding the word right. or being, um, you know, clue in the in knowledge of what he needed to do. And yet he was ministering. I mean, this can happen, you know. And so he was talking about identity, having a fixation with your identity in Christ and identity is everything as long as it's in Christ. And he gave the example of Jacob in Genesis 32, where he gave up his identity. Remember, he, he sold it um, mm -hmm. for, for a bowl a, of soup. Correct, to his brother Esau. But then there was a point when he had a real experience with God. He wrestled with an angel of God, I think the word says, and his hip was put out of joint. And he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And his point was, are we that zealous? to know the Lord, that we want an experience with him. We want to know. Uh, I mean, we can know by faith if you've gone through the salvation prayer and confessed your sins and believe that Jesus uh, was sent from God to die on the cross, raise again so you can be saved. You don't have to walk in doubt. But then did you just leave that? And like you're saying, not spend time in the word and prayer and in building the foundation and the house of your discipleship daily because that makes a big difference. And yeah. it was just amazing, the anointing that was there and all the people that went forward. It was so exciting because he was talking about how the heart has to be right before God before we can really pray effectively for revival and change in this nation or whatever you're praying for. Right. You know? Right. So, um, yeah, David said, if I cherish sin in my heart, then, you know, basically God will not hear my prayers, you know, right. or if I, if I had cherished sin, he would not have heard my prayers. And, um, you know, it's sin is a big deal and making sure our heart is right. And yet, as soon as we repent and come before the Lord in humility, right. he will remove it from us. Exactly. You know? And that's where you started out this podcast on mercy and grace. It's not like 
you have the big ogre in the sky that you've made a mistake. And as long as you're sincere, sincere means in the Bible without wax, as you know, they used to put wax over a pottery piece if it was cracked and then repaint it and sell it as whole. Uh, If you're going to pretend and play church or play salvation or however you want to say that, and your heart's not sincere, but once you're sincere, God works with you no matter where you are, what sins you've committed, how much you've been wounded. I was, we started out with, um, you know, building a house. Isaiah 61, 4 says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. So what's so exciting is no matter where you started, what your childhood is about, where you are today, if you are sincere with God and surrendered and you want him to clear your heart and you want him to, want him to put you on a path, uh, you're already made righteous if you're saved through his sacrifice, but a path of pursuing righteousness and holiness and making right choices before him that he can bless. He will honor that all day long. And, yeah. you know, some people say, oh, I've done too many things. I mean, you know, I work with so many clients. I mean, there's nothing I haven't heard basically in erring in sin, Christian or non-Christian, but it doesn't matter because his blood never loses its power. Mm -hmm. He's always waiting. He said that none would perish and come short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. So if that's you today, he is waiting to hear you say, build my house, build my marriage, build my community, build this country. You build it. We're waiting on you. You know, I'm getting goosebumps saying that. I feel like it's um, prophetic. Mm -hmm to somebody or just in general, you know, he will honor that kind of heart and prayer. Yeah, he will. And, you know, I think it, the opposite of Psalm 127 is that if the Lord's not building the house, then you're going to labor and you're going to have stress. And, you know, I hear people sometimes talk about sleepless nights and, um, you know, just, bending and breaking under the weight of stress and pressure. And if that's you today, I want to challenge you to make sure that you've brought the Lord into whatever it is that's stressing you out, because I don't believe that's his plan that we be stressed out, that we not be able to sleep soundly. Um, you know, he says he gives his beloved sleep. I think another version says he gives sleep to those he loves. Mm Mm-hmm. And so if we're tossing and turning and something's continuously on our mind and it, it usually means we, we haven't taken it to the Lord maybe enough to have him give us his peace to process it with. doesn't mean we won't have hard things to process. No. But I just want to say that I think that that, I know that that kind of peace is available to all of us no matter what we face if we are trusting in him with all of our heart. And, and welcoming him in and taking our our problems and our stressors to him so that he can offload it. Because again, you know, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right. You know, and there's really no uh, w- other way to interpret that than if you take on the yoke of Jesus, it should feel easy and light. I think uh, to your point also that I'm thinking of a verse in James that says a double-minded man is confused in all of his ways. So back to our point of lordship and God's will. If you sincerely want his will, then I think he knows that 
and you will feel a peace that he will be uh, assuring you of his path and he'll make it clear. Or as you started to say, or you said a little while ago, he'll give you uh, like Gideon um, signs um, mm-hmm. to let you know. And what you don't know, um, he'll help you with. Because one thing that um, Mario Marilla said this weekend, he said, the first thing we need to get rid of is fear. And then issues are taken care of. Um, and so we have a reverential fear of the Lord, but we can't fear the future. We can't fear that we're going to miss God if we're sincere. We can't fear anything because he promised um, to take care of us and not only direct us, but to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And a lot of people, because they maybe want to do it their way, they're double-minded, that's where the fear comes in, I think, because potentially they haven't resolved it like Jacob did. You know, Jacob said, if you don't bless me, I'm not going to let you go. God, I'm not going to let you go until you make this clear or till you show me that I'm on the right path or, or bless me. I'm not in a hurry. He's not in a hurry. My timeline might not be his timeline, that type of thing. And, you know, patience is hard. Yeah, know, I call it God's waiting room. Sometimes we don't like to be in God's waiting room. Because it's a discipline to wait, to listen, be still, and know that I am God. But he is faithful. Yeah. You know, he is faithful. And so, um, you know, if you're wrestling with fear today, fear of the future, fear of failure, fear of Satan, fear of whatever, that might be something you want to repent of because the Bible says in Philippians uh, 4, have no anxiety, which is another word for fear about anything. Right. But in everything by prayer with thanksgiving, you know, with thanksgiving that he's with you, make your request known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart. So um, that takes sometimes walking with him and meditating on those scriptures until they become yours. So you know in your that, you know, that, you know, that, you know, type thing in your inner being that you're good with right. God, you know? Right. Yeah, that even to your point there in the second half of verse one, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So there's an element of trusting the Lord with safety, with yeah. your safety as well, right? That you yeah. can have all the security systems and all the guards and all the gates that you want, but unless the Lord is watching over you and what concerns you, then it's it's really all in vain anyway. And that peace in Philippians 4 says he'll mount garrison around your heart. Now you're familiar with military terms. A garrison is what? How many soldiers do you know? Well, a garrison would, I would say that was a protection or like a perimeter, if you will, is how I would interpret that. And when I was in uh, Iraq um, in Operation Iraqi Freedom, we had a camp and there was a perimeter around it with guard towers and there were guards almost like you'd think of like a prison guard, yeah. right? But we weren't in prison, but they were, rather than keeping us in, they were keeping whatever was out from coming in. Right. And they were all watching throughout mm-hmm. the night. Mm-hmm. They were literally watching. While you were sleeping. Yeah. While <laughs> right. I was sleeping and right. then they would obviously be relieved and another one would come on. So it was continuous. Right. So that's what I would interpret as as what that verse is talking about. I think I'm hearing someone say, and I just kind of feel from this weekend, you know, Satan is a liar. And uh, what Mario Marillo said, he'll counterfeit everything, even your salvation, if you're not careful. And so is there something that you know 
that the Lord is dealing with your heart about that he wants you to let go of because he'll offer you the pleasures of sin, fame, whatever, you know, um, particularly if you're wounded, he'll say, well, if you do this, you know, just like he did with Jesus in the wilderness, you know, when he fasted for 40 days, he went and tempted him when he was uh, weak there and offered him, if you'll, you know, follow me, you can, you know, um, throw yourself down from this temple and the angels will help you. And God says, and Jesus said, you should not tempt the Lord your God. In other words, whatever sin can be pleasurable. And if you're in a sinful pattern, chronic sin without repentance, we're all sinners saved by grace, you can develop a stronghold according to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, and sometimes those need to be broken in Jesus' name, and that's a process. Like, let's say it's alcohol or drugs or smoking or even illicit sex. It may take you a while to come out of that, and again, that's okay because God's with you to rebuild the ancient ruins and the foundations. And there's a process of steps in my book, Save But Not Free, to go through those wounds and hurts that potentially you um, gave in to counterfeit sin to placate those wounds, to comfort. That's All those things are counterfeit comforters. Because Jesus said, I'm near to the brokenhearted. I want to be your comforter. If you're having some problems or trials or tribulations or whatever you need, I want you to run to me not to counterfeit offers of Satan, because all those will do is send you basically to hell eventually and ruin the blessing on your life. And I think you can actually backslide according to the New Testament. So if you don't deal with it, yeah, if you don't deal with it. And so if you've had a true salvation experience, I think eventually the Holy Spirit will woo you back if you've had that experience um, and we can get away from that and make some wrong choices. But as you said at the beginning, his mercies are new every morning. Yes, absolutely. Well, let's pray. Um, you were, I think, feeling anointed a little while ago. So would you lead us in prayer for those uh, needs that, that were on your heart? Lord Jesus, I just thank you for the opportunity to be a teacher and a leader and a guider to help show people and to teach people to inspire them from the inside through the anointing of you, Holy Spirit. And I just pray for those that are listening, that are touched right now, if they have gotten away from Jesus and his lordship and his will, or they never have surrendered, that they'll do that right now. They'll say, Lord, I want you to come in Behold, I stand at the door and knock, it says in Revelation, if anyone will hear my voice, I will come in and fellowship or sup with him, it says in the word. And so all you have to do is open that door and say, Lord, cleanse me from all unrighteousness because the word says he is faithful and just. If I confess my sins, he will do that. So so do that right now, wherever you are in the entire world, we may be talking to people confess that you're a sinner saved by his grace. He will be faithful to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and receive him as Lord and Savior, Lord, and say, I want your will on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, we just pray if anyone we're speaking to needs direction or they're confused or they're inundated by Satan or his cohort, we just bind that attack because we have delegated authority, and so do, so do you that, is, that are listening, to take authority 
by the word, the name, and the blood over principalities and powers and rulers of darkness that might be harassing you, tempting you, uh, confusing you, whatever. I just call down those spirits in Jesus' name, and I rebuke Satan off the lives of our listeners. I pray they will go forward from this day sincere and saying to God, I must know you. I must experience you. I will wrestle with you like Jacob until you bless me. And I will not sell my identity in you to any counterfeit offer of Satan. Lord, we just thank you that you are so faithful. Your character never lies to us. Your character of faithfulness and trust when we put our trust in you will always prevail over the work of the enemy and lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake until you come and get us in the rapture or we die to to rule and reign with you for eternity. So we praise you, Lord. We praise you for all you've done in the lives of those that are listening. We praise you for what you're doing right now through this podcast and this prayer and in advance for what you're going to do, giving you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, um, I'm excited for everyone that's listening to this, that whatever house they're building, whatever house you're building out there, that uh, the Lord, as your ultimate contractor, is going to make it better than it could possibly ever be as you come to him and build your house with him and so thank you for joining us today on the totally transformed podcast we look forward to talking to you next time if you'd like to give us feedback or if you have any prayer requests email us at info at totallytransformed.org